Hello, welcome again to Bullets. I'm like David Frost. Hello, <laughs> welcome again to Bullet Points. Uh, my name's Ed Smith. I'm the host, as always. I'm joined by Reed McCarter. Uh-huh. Uh, no, it's Halloween. It's not my oh, name. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, because we're doing... This is this is the final in our trilogy of Halloween-themed episodes where we have covered Alien Isolation. And what was the first game that we did? Condemned. Yeah. Uh, so this week we are looking at our third Halloween game, which is Left 4 Dead, which means I'm not joined by Reed McCarter. I am joined by fucking uh, Bleed McCarter. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Is that all right? Is that all right? Does that does that gain approval from you two? Yeah, I'll. I'll uh... In fact, I would say that one is so good you don't even need to do one for me. Well, I've I've already got one. Oh, I've already fine. Got one f- I think I've got one for you. I think I have. Okay. So the other voice that you can hear there is uh, Patrick. Cut off your limbs and throw them in the binzy. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> is that all right? Yeah. 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 Okay. And then I can be just dead Smith. Yeah, that's. Um, oh, it's too easy though. Yeah, but it, it it's mm. like a double entendre because I mean it's a it's a pun on my name, but it's also how I feel inside. Ooh, nice. So sure. it, it's. How about? So how he's about, hashtag keeping it real. <laughs> Correct. How about uh, Ed's Ed's Feratu? No. I want I want something big and unwieldy. Ed. Ed's <laughs> how about? Ra- Ed, Ed's Ed, razor head. Uh, razor Ed. Ed Rum. Ed Rum. Ed Rum's pretty strong actually. That's that's quite good. That's quite good. So that just in the mirror that would spell murder. Murd. Murd. Which <laughs> 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 wouldn't be wouldn't be as shocking moment if Shelley Duval wakes up and sees in the mirror Murd. <laughs> Danny, what what are you writing? <laughs> Ed Rum. <laughs> yeah, the shining. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, but anyway, so, yeah. Yeah. Do we have to talk about video games? We just before we've actually, this episode, we've, we've had a very productive pre-show already. Mm. Yeah. Mm. We were imitating. Um, you were doing Eddie Vetter from Pearl Jam. Patrick. Really? I thought it was Chad Kruger. Chad, well, you, they're kind of. I wouldn't be surprised to find that they're the same person, really. I don't think they've ever toured together, which is well, very telling. Are, yeah, I've never seen them in the same room together. Um, so maybe they're a kind of like Andy Kaufman, you know, dual personality thing going on. Um, yeah. Well, the whole thing, right, is that um, it's kind of embarrassing for Patrick, but we all showed up to record, and Patrick was dressed as Chad Kruger. It's uh, true, and and Ed and I hadn't dressed up, which was well. I always dress. I always dress like a rock star. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, every 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 episode, like we don't have the cameras on, but every time that we record, I'm I'm sat here with a perm and skin tight reflective spandex. And, oh, so you're um, going you're going glam rock. I like that. Yeah, I go glam rock. So I, I'm recording now, holding a flying V guitar. Uh, right. I, I don't play it, but I just keep it next to me while we record. Um, Reed, which musician were you impersonating? I forget. You would, you said that you had one up your sleeve. It was the guy um, who does Cold as Ice. I don't even know what band yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a foreigner. Is. Uh, is that a foreigner? That's foreigner, right? Yeah, I think so. Because they have the they have the one-two whammy of Cold as Ice and Hot-Blooded. 
And they had I want to know what love is. Yeah. That's them, isn't it? I want you to show me. This is uh, already we... the most informative podcast we've ever done. <laughs> um, this is why we do games and not music. Yeah, this is our new music podcast. Bloody foreigner coming over here. Demanding Wait, to know what love is. I, I see what you did there. Do you know that someone in Foreigner was in King Crimson? What, that wouldn't surprise me. The Court of the Crimson King. That one. No, the band. Yeah, that's their song. Oh. Um, the one that's in Children of Men. I don't know. I, I saw that movie once. Oh. Didn't care for it. It wasn't scary enough for me. In, in the Court of the Crimson King. That's by King Crimson. That's there like were, famous there song. were not nearly enough zombies in, in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why don't... Uh, fuck, unless you count just Michael Caine. Uh, yeah, we can. I mean, I don't... In case you couldn't guess, by the way, <laughs> the game we're talking about this week is Rock Band. <laughs> Do you know there is someone... Uh, King Crimson had a lot of past members, according to Wikipedia, and there was a David Cross, and I clicked on it, and it was not comedian. It wasn't the David Cross. King Crimson was something of a super band, as as I recall, right? I don't... I just remember King Crimson just, you know, it's like just the prog rock giant, you know? And so I I skirted around them. Do you have Boney M in America? Everyone, Boney M is not does not belong to one country. Everyone has okay, Boney M. Well, that's, that's kind of my point, because Patrick, you just said, you know, King Crimson had a lot of members. So, Boney M, the original Boney M, every single member of Boney M went and started their own Boney M tribute band, right? So you had one original member of Boney M across, like, six bands, okay? But then... Mm. So what you're saying is they horcrux themselves. They <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> so they can never be defeated. But then it went further, because members of these Boney M derivatives then spun off and formed their own Boney M derivatives. So they weren't in the original Boney M, they were in one of the secondary Boney M's, and then they went and formed like tertiary Boney M's. Boney M of Theseus. Yes, there's something like Boney Boney M over the past four quarters has experienced exponential growth. And there there are just, there's like myriad Boney M's now across the world. Way to growth hack Boney M. So if somebody if somebody says to you, "Hey, I've got tickets for Boney M," grill them. That means make nothing, sure basically, is what you're saying. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, make sure you're getting a proper Boney M experience because the last thing you want to do is turn up, they start playing "Brown Girl in the Ring," <laughs> and it's and it's no good. That's the last thing. You <laughs> <want>. <laughs> it's like uh, you remember. There's that the first. I think it's like the first half hour in the movie Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman. Right. Uh, what are we doing? One, one of the four people is, who saw Outbreak. Listen, we can pivot often. this. We can pivot sure. this because it's the spread of a virus, right? right. And that's how I'm yeah. picturing okay. Boney M now, that someone coughs in their yes. hand on a plane from, uh, <laughs> you know, from Beijing to Boney M Berlin. zero. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, World War M, sure. <laughs> uh... Left for Dead is a is a game that we that we all play. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you next time. Oh God. We see we we promised ourselves that when we started the show, we wouldn't front load it with this kind of shite. But Left for Dead is Patrick. Patrick, what do you think of that game? Um. So when I a couple of years ago, I made a list 
for Paste Magazine on the 10 greatest shooters of all time. Yeah. And uh, Left, Left for Dead was, I believe, number 9 on that list. Okay. Um, which isn't to say I think it's one of the 10 greatest shooters of all time, somewhat deceptively. Um, so much as I think that it does some important things that are worth talking about. Hmm. Read. So sorry, sorry, bleed. <laughs> thank, thank you, uh, Ed Ferratu. Bony Ed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, Left for Dead. Yeah, I. You know, I'm actually so goddamn prepared for the show that I played through the entirety of that game again, all four I hours. I mean, it's not. Yeah, I was just gonna say that's. Yeah. that's not <laughs> no, a huge I'm, feat. <laughs> I'm just saying because I think we've started this episode off being so. You know, incredibly ridiculous. Professional. Yeah. Uh, I just have to put some credentials out there. Uh, I liked. Uh, I almost said Boney M a lot more when I first played it, mm-hmm. uh, but then I played it again this time, and uh, I think that game's got a decent atmosphere, and I think it's it it introduced a lot of interesting ideas for what you could do with an online uh, shooter. Yeah. Um, and there there are a lot of things about it that I kind of respect, but. Boy, it's not very fun to play that game. That is, I think, Reed, you said much more eloquently what I was trying to say. I think it is an important game that is not super enjoyable. Well, and I don't know, like it's it's kind of a cop out, right, to say to to that's like the most hacky um, thing you can say when you're assessing a game. I think is, oh, it's not fun, but I think it's 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 not enjoyable to shoot things in right. this game. And the game it is, it is, is nothing but shooting things. It is very much a Valve shooter, we could say. Valve has has a, uh, a, a yeah a flavor when it comes to shooters, and that flavor is uh, rancid butter, usually. Um, Valve, weirdly, does not make shooting very enjoyable. No, they make like the video game equivalent of throwing balloons at each other in a room. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just right. it's nothing. I wrote something I think earlier this year about the first Half-Life 2 episode and how it's very clear when you play that game that Valve fucking hates itself for making a shooter it doesn't like shooters, it it does everything it can to sort of extend the amount of time between when the game starts and when you first get a gun Mm -hmm. and at the end of Half-Life 2 you know, it takes all your weapons off you and it insists that you use the fucking gravity gun to pick stuff up and throw it because somehow that's more intelligent than shooting a gun um, mm-hmm. They hate shooters, and I, it's a perplexing thing to me. I think that they made Left 4 Dead, which I think is a of all the games I think that we talked about on this show um, that I've played for this show. It's the one where I've most thought, "Am I playing a different game to everybody else?" Because I can't understand the admiration towards Left 4 Dead. I can't may May I take a crack it. at this? Take a crack at it. So, Left 4 Dead, the original, I believe, 2007 or 2008? Am I right? So, this was right smack in the middle of, like, the zombie fetish that we are just now starting to sort of emerge from. Mm -hmm. So, it was Zombies, which is an automatic sort of, like, plus 10 bonus points from people. It was Valve, which is another plus 10 bonus points for people. And it was conceptually more or less fairly new. Um, and Valve also, for their part, did a really good job talking up some of the more technical aspects, which is really, like, everything impressive about this game is uh, invisible or under the hood. Um, 
Like it, it's all, it all comes down to how the game is programmed and how the encounter management works and the whole director thing. The actual moment to moment as a player is like meh. You sort of it requires you to be charitable going in. It requires you to be expecting to have a good time with it. If you were to pick yeah. Left 4 Dead up and not know what it was, you'd be eh, okay. Well, yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I know what's going on beneath the the bonnet of Left 4 Dead. I've read, you know, all this stuff about the director and how it randomizes musical cues, item drops, enemy placements, even <clears throat> dialogue between the characters, but. I still find it so noisy. You know, people talk about it as this like um, really intricate game about cooperation and and communication, but it's screaming at you the whole time like these huge hordes of watery like balloon animal zombies that you just mm. kind of machine gun through and fill the screen, and you just go and they're like they just all disappear. It's like mm. such a such a loud messy just fucking uh, like discordant din of a game yeah the, it I, is the, the last thing I think it is is intricate or, or based on communication or cooperation it's just like a free for all from the game to end it's just like a, a kind of game of bulldog and I, yeah I find it so c considering that they, they boast about you know the game containing this invisible director um, I find it so directionless it's a mess to me um, well, I'd say I'd say that some of the the kind of uh, I don't know, Ed. How did you put it when you're saying that it's kind of just straightforward? It's just you know shoot all this stuff. It's not elegant. Um, no. I I think that's actually part of what it's one of the things that appeals to me about if you're going to make this zombie game. I think the one thing it it does quite well is the feel of. <laughs> needing to kill, you know, bazillion of these mm -hmm. just ceaseless monsters. Um, I, think it, I think it does that alright. Uh, and I think that's a good time for about 15 or 20 minutes. It's uh, it's a party game. It's a party game that is disguising itself yeah. as a shooter. It's a great chat room. Yes. You it's know, also, I've, it is, what I will say, um, just in the interest of being charitable, is it's very frenetic and it does a good job of capturing the sort of panic that would probably be uh, rampant in that type of situation, just because there's, as you said, Ed, there's a zillion fucking things happening at once, and but the yeah, because I'm kind of two minds about that. I think there are it can make really great moments where you know uh, a tank, the big mm -hmm. uh, gorilla thing. Is it a gorilla thing? I don't know. It's just yeah, like more big, or less. Big angry dude. Um, but you know, it, it knocks out two people, and you're trying to help someone else up who got thrown off the side of a bridge and stuff like that. But it feels so much like there. It never feels like there's a lot of skill involved. I mean, the mm -hmm. the the best players I ever played Left for Dead with were people who had played it, you know, to uh, till you know. God, I can't talk. They they played it into the ground. You know, they knew where every single little thing was. They knew, kind of, uh, what order you had to turn some generators on. They knew which corners to cover. Uh, it never felt like it was skill as much as if it's just sort of memorization. Mm -hmm. And when things went really wrong, it never felt like, uh, never feels like organic difficulty so much mm -hmm. as it's just 
here now there's these special zombies that and there's four of them coming mm-hmm. at you you know four tanks running at you and that never feels like I don't know you can be the best you can play that game and know how to shoot the three guns really well <laughs> and <laughs> that just, is probably the the best like most incisive criticism I think I've ever heard of the game <laughs> <laughs> but like it feels almost like a borderlands or something right it's just you're just pumping bullets at targets and it's like the real challenge is how patient you are mm. how much how much of a glutton for punishment you are to play the same thing over and over and over it's kind of it's it, this is a stupid metaphor and I apologize in advance but it's Halloween so all bets are off um, it's like the Korean barbecue of video games where they kind of make you do all the work <laughs> the difficulty the fun anything from that game comes from you and how you play it with your group or by yourself yeah but There's, Korean barbecue is I dis I dislike Korean barbecue because I don't like paying people to have me do their job for them. That's what um, everyone says. Let's just can we review Korean barbecue? I don't that, know what that, that is. That will be that the that will be the addendum to this episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Patrick and I are going to go head to head about Korean barbecue. Tat a tat. Uh, but um, le- yeah, Left for Dead. It like it's not it is the exact opposite of an authored experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's like some a people, some box. people, some people really like emergence. They like emergent gameplay, and that's their jam. Good for them. I am definitely not one of those people. I like there to, to be a, a a path that I'm on, a track to take, a point to whatever I'm doing. I like the idea that somebody knows what is coming and is making sure that everything is happening the right way. Um, I don't find enjoyment in random chaos. Some people mm-hmm. do, so. That might be what it comes down to for me. I don't know. Well, I think all three of us are kind of um, have that sort of taste in games, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, over our many discussions about open worlds and so forth, uh, I think all three of us want to be uh, playing someone else's vision that they're guiding you along. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's true, and you know that even though I was being a jerk and making jokes about that Korean barbecue thing makes sense in terms of they give you everything and they say that you have to do it yourself. Yeah. You know? It's, um... Yeah. yeah and, and you play this alone, and I know people would say, like, if you if you wrote an article, a negative article on the internet about Left 4 Dead, you said it sucked, blah, 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 expanded on why you didn't like it, people would say, well, were you playing it by yourself? You know, mm-hmm. you, you have to play it with the right people. You have to, <coughs> and um, fuck, I don't know. That's that's a tough one because I think you can, yeah. I mean that that applies to any game. You can play I, a shitty game. I if think you're playing it that's a, the right people. I think it's a bullshit mm-hmm. argument. I think yeah. if you sell, if I am capable of buying a game by myself without three other people present, I should be able to play that game by myself without three mm-hmm. other people present, and to have at least some kind of enjoyable experience, if not maybe the most enjoyable. I at least don't want to feel like I, like I have an incomplete uh, <clears throat> hashtag product. <laughs> and this, this, I, got, I went and read a few reviews before we started doing this, and read you know the kind of top comments on Steam and stuff like that. And it's brave this, man. Oh, thanks. The real, I, um, the real critics. The real voice of the people. <laughs> and. Uh, 
a lot of people are saying, you know, it's got the tension and the action and the drama of uh, of a really good zombie film. Uh, no. What fucking zombie films have you seen? You know, Left 4 Dead is it's like abortive and flailing and mm. just... I don't care if you're playing it with the right people or not. That game just... It's just like a flurry of assets. It's, it's like if shit. Guy Ritchie directed a zombie movie. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, it's just. I, I, this is what I mean when I say I don't get it. I don't get it that it's. Oh, it's a. It's a. It's a exercise in how well can you cooperate. I don't get that it's an exercise in, you know, perfectly placed, but also dynamic and organic scares. Because it's. It's not scary. It's just constant, and it's not about cooperation. It's about grabbing the ball and running to the other end of the map and shooting like an asshole the entire way. Yeah, I, I think that's a. You know. Um, uh, the the whole thing about yeah cooperating and strategizing <laughs> with other people that shouldn't be a prerequisite you know I can play I can hop on and play Battlefield for a while and be by myself and have a fine enough time or Call of Duty mm. or you know any of uh, a lot of these other online shooters and those games become so much more fun when you are working with other people and you're talking to them and trying to figure things out this, that, and the other, but they don't just cease to work if yeah. if you're by yourself. Mm. And so I think that's sort of a failure. I think so too. I think so too. I think that it's um it's pretty telling because I can sit and play. You know, what's what's a game that I really don't like? Uh, Everyone's gone anyway. to the rapture. <laughs> Everyone's gone to the rapture. I could sit and play, and if I'm sitting with people and playing that and talking to them while I'm playing that, and if, for example, they were somehow you know, another avatar in that game with me, then I'd probably enjoy it. You'd, you know then I mean? we, you'd then also be playing Almost Everyone's Gone to the Raptor. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly every... You know what, Ed, you would... I'll call bullshit on that, because if it was you and I, I don't think either of us would enjoy it. I'd enjoy it much more. Because <laughs> well, I'd have something to do, I'd have something to talk about. I mean, like, basically what I'm saying is that this idea that, oh, Left 4 Dead gets better if you're with the right people. If I'm with the right people doing anything... It makes, if I'm in a plane crash with like my best friends, it makes, the plane, <laughs> it makes the plane crash that much more tolerable. So saying that like Left 4 Dead is is fine as long as you're with like your best friends. Well, yeah, obviously that's true. Well, yeah, I used to purposely rent uh, some of the shittiest video games I could find with friends, and we would play them together, and it was more fun than playing. Yeah. Sometimes a, a well-made video game. Totally. Uh, it's you know. So, yeah, that doesn't hold water. And I don't know who these people are who think that Left 4 Dead is a good recreation of what's good about zombie movies. That's no, what I was just going to say, it. is not only is Left 4 Dead not a super great game, I don't think it's at all a good piece of zombie fiction. No. No. It's a screamer. It's it's the equivalent of one of those things, like, oh, look at the meadow, look at the meadow, and then the, the ghoul jumps up at you. Um, it's got nothing about, I don't know, what are the kind of themes that pervade zombie movies? Um, all sorts I mean, of things. You know, Day of the Dead is consumerism. Day of the Dead, it's it's Cold War anxieties. And Left 4 Dead, you know, it's got this kind of people kind of praise the production design and say, you know, you get this really great sense of like a society that's collapsed and you know this is how it used to work. But uh, that's quite superficial to me. That's pretty easy to do. I mean, that's not something that's exclusive to Left 4 Dead. No, not at all. And. Even those instances that I'm sure people are talking about are really more sets than anything else. 
Yeah. Like the one one of the levels that sticks out in my mind is the you're in an airport, and mm. then the map ends with you guys getting on a plane and flying away, and an airport is actually a pretty interesting setting when you think about what an airport actually is and what it signifies, i.e. like a connecting of people and sort of bringing the world together, and the zombie apocalypse is kind of the exact opposite of that. So setting it in an airport is interesting, but there's nothing about it that speaks to any of that. It's just mm. climb on luggage racks instead of climbing on, you know, fire escapes. It's, it's, yep. it's just swapping out skins, basically. Well, isn't that the problem with a lot of kind of the resurgence of zombie stuff in in the 2000s was uh, people kind of understanding the surface aesthetic, but not understanding why. Yeah, it was good. Um, the, like, the 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 quote academic theory is that zombie fiction exists so that people can exercise their base sociopathic tendencies rather than actually explore things relating to the human condition. Zombie fiction, for you know John Bioshock, we'll we'll say. Isn't isn't interesting because it tells you about who we are as people. It's interesting because it gives you an excuse to shoot people in the face. John Bioshock. I think, <laughs> I think um, z- yeah, z- zombies are a beloved video game and film enemy because you can kill people, but you're not killing people, mm-hmm. so it doesn't it doesn't matter. Yeah, um, I was thinking about that actually. With uh, I, I played a Dead Rising game. I think about a year ago. It was the first one I played. Was the third one. Um, and yeah, it really is sort of a. If, if you were doing the same things. Well, who knows? In video games, maybe everyone would say it's fantastic anyway. But when you're just sort of mowing through people and there's just, you know, viscera just flying all over the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and you can kind of... I don't know. It's like in Doom. You don't feel bad because the things you're killing are these disgusting demon creatures, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I think zombies do the same thing, but they're shaped almost exactly like humans. You have to get close to them to see that they aren't human anymore yeah yeah it's an excuse to blow off heads and tear us around your hometown with a gun guilt free but then I mean you, you have got you know the Romero zombie films and, and even yeah. amidst even amidst the kind of zombie resurgence he's still I mean not with Diary of the Dead and Survivor of the Dead which are really really catastrophic but with Land of the Dead in 2005 he still found something more to say than you know all of his imitators because Land of the Dead have you both seen Land of the Dead? I have I've, not. I've seen all of them, but I only remember the first three. Well, okay. Land of the Dead's one. I think like his is underrated. It's one with Dennis Hopper, over. right? It's one with Dennis, Dennis Hopper, Hopper in the skyscraper or something. In the in the, in the skyscraper, yeah. And I, I I prefer it to Night of the Living Dead. I find Night of the Living Dead a little bit dry. Mm. Um, Land of the Dead. So yeah, you know, you've got the. The social elites who live in this protected skyscraper from all the zombies, and then the rest of us who live on the streets and have to kind of scrabble for survival. And there's a kind of like point system of whether you can come to live in this skyscraper. And you know, it's it's basic stuff. It's kind of sophomoric, rich versus poor social dynamics. But it's there. You know what I mean? It's present. Mm-hmm. Um, same as Dawn of the Dead is is pretty. You know. Uh, adolescent, yeah, we're all fucking consumer zombies, man. Like, look at us all zombieing around in this mall. We're just like hypnotized by possessions. But at least it's there. And Day of the Dead again, um, you know, the kind of mutually assured destruction politics of the Cold War sort of leads into Day of the Dead here and there. Um, and I can't remember which one of you it was that was saying it, but yet certainly amidst that sort of post Dawn of the Dead remake, post Shaun of the Dead zombie resurgence. Um, 
what seemed to be inherited was the gore and the the basest uh, you know aesthetic qualities of the zombie genre. Um, and Left 4 Dead has running zombies, and once you have running zombies, I mean, I, I this is like one of the internet's kind of favourite arguments. Oh, running zombies, walking zombies. I think it does make a difference. I think that running zombies turns it into a, a shooting gallery and turns it into a, a more of an action thing, whereas walking zombies, just like shambling, dead-eyed humans, are well. That's like just speak more to me than. Yeah. And also, it depends on what you're trying to. You know, I'm not going to go to bat for Danny Boyle all the time, but 28 days later, he was trying to do something with. You know, they they were zombies and they weren't. <coughs> What was it? Yeah. They they were like rabid, essentially, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they had they, they, uh, some kind of disease or something. But they, they yeah. do starve to death. They, they they still have to eat and whatever, like people. Yeah, whereas, <clears throat> you know, Romero, with his his movies, at least the, the first three I'm thinking of, it's it's deliberate that these, these living dead are, are shambling, you know, that yeah. they're this sort of inexorable force of evil that's just sort of coming and is indifferent. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like I, I like Night of the Living Dead quite a bit. I think that's probably my favorite of, of all of those. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and he's trying to say something in that about sort of prejudice and, and uh, the way that Inadv inadvertently, apparently, um, hmm. uh, people often write about the fact that um, fucking what's his name? Is it Dwayne Jones? I think it's Dwayne Jones, the actor who plays Ben, is mm -hmm. black and you know he's he's killed at the end of the film because he's assumed to be one of the zombies. Um, and right. Everyone, yeah. You know, <coughs> everyone sort of refers that film to the civil rights movement of the nineteen sixties, um, but Romero insists that the the character was was neither written as black nor was Dwayne Jones chosen because he was black. He auditioned for the part and was the best actor for it. So the the, but I mean, nevertheless, you know, it's still it's there, there, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's it's, it's hard there. to ignore when you get into that stuff at the end where it's that really bizarre last you know five or ten minutes where it's these. Uh, kind of southern militias, right? Yeah. Rounding up the zombies and taking a lot of joy in killing them. And uh, anyway, you've that's kind got, of neither here nor in there. That, in that film, you've also got the kind of um, I think another thing people write about a lot is the sort of internal destruction of the family unit because the the daughter turns out to be a zombie and she yeah. murders both her parents and it's you know all uh, damaging influence of the nineteen sixties on the American nuclear family, blah blah blah. But basically what we're trying to get at, I think, here is that zombies, in the best instances, you know, it basically it, 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 it's not necessary that zombies just be used for kind of cheap thrills and for, as Patrick put it, letting us explore our kind of sociopathic, you know, gore hunger. Um, but Left 4 Dead doesn't really give a shit about any of that stuff. Granted, I will say, um, I don't necessarily believe that... It has to. I don't think zombies necessarily no, it have, it to have to it be more. No, no, it doesn't. But it's also, I don't find this particular um, application very interesting either. So I think that's the real sin here. I will I'll float one. I mean, if we're talking horror games, I'll float a, a potential kind of better example of zombies in games, and that is the original Resident Evil. Um, now, Mandy Myers touched on this in an article for Paste, and I, I wrote about it also when I did a kind of two decades later um, retrospective of the original Resident Evil, which came out in 1996. And in 1996, <clears throat> you had things like, you know, the Dolly the Sheep cloning program, um, the BSE mm. scandal in, in the UK, you know, the, the mad cow disease. Mm -hmm. um, and 
there was there was a, like the, the mapping of the human genome was kind of in the press right. and, and reaching its conclusions. And what people were afraid of at the time, you know, what was in the what was in the news was you know viruses and was like scientific research. Yeah, going, science you know, was scaring the crap out of people. Science was scaring the crap out of people. And then you know you've got Resident Evil, which is about you know a pharmaceutical company, this this medical company whose scientific research has gone out of control and, and created monsters, you know, in, in maybe in the same sense as, you know, a cloning project creating a clone sheep is kind of monstrous or whatever. Um, so that was a video game that, whether it meant or not, you know, took zombies and sort of told us something about, you know, the, 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 the zeitgeist, I hate that word, but still, with those zombies. Um, and then you've got Valve, which kind of presents itself as being at the forefront of fucking narrative and meaning and like better blockbuster games you know half-life is like a huge long exercise in masturbation and left for dead isn't even on the same to me the same kind of narrative peak as resident evil which isn't much of a narrative peak at all um and i i don't i don't necessarily buy that it didn't try to be because they do put effort into the character interactions they do talk in their sort of press materials and in the marketing about you know how it is all about humans and interaction and stuff like this so they're, they're clearly shooting for some kind of like gravitas and for you to take what the characters are saying and doing seriously but at the same time it's a messy you know just zombie shooter in the same spirit as like house of the dead or something but if you i guess you know to argue um against the way i feel about it and that it seems like we all kind of feel about it is that you could say that uh making this you know it it seems less special now but when you talk about Left 4 Dead as kind of a blueprint of of an online cooperative game um, mm. the way it's laid out, the systems in place to make it necessary for these four players to be helping each other constantly. Uh, mm. you, you can't really make it through. You have to play with AI if you play by yourself because mm -hmm. you, you can't do it alone. Um, you know, if maybe there is s something it's trying to say about this uh, force of unthinking violence and you know the message that you have to help each other to the safe room and it does to to its credit it does but like you're saying Reed it does require some form of help you can't play this game strictly by yourself okay so that's if I was going to join in with you on that I'd say yeah uh, it implies that you know you do need to sort of carry one another to the safe room and also the characters you know you've got an old guy a young guy a woman and a black person and that's a kind of in a very kind of limited video game sense between four characters a cross section of a society you know old, mm -hmm. sure old, yeah mainstream minority um so perhaps there is something there there is perhaps something to be said for left for dead and it, its implication that you know overcoming of big social problems in this instance a zombie outbreak is only achievable if we <clears throat> if we work together. Um, get by with a little help from our friends. If we get by with a little help from our friends, I actually quite like the Francis character for that because he's a you know he's a biker and he's an outsider, but in the in the game he's you know helping mm -hmm. these sort of quote unquote normal people. You know, and Lewis yeah. is wearing a shirt and a tie. He's you know our office worker. Bill is a war veteran and a pensioner. Uh, I can't remember what Zoe's profession is. Is that true? I think she's just like the the millennial. Right. That's that's her right. profession. That's her profession. She's a professional millennial. Yeah. Um, she probably so works in online media. She probably probably is 
telling Brit- us five f- fun ways to bring the fun back to, to be <laughs> social networking or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, right. So I think you know what? Yeah, maybe there is an argument for Left 4 Dead as you know a diatribe or whatever on the current or the social climate of you know when it was made. What I'll what I'll say that about that though too to kind of like bring that up and say why I don't think that's quite enough is that if you embrace that it's it's a really charitable way to look at that I think and oh hell yeah <laughs> yeah and I I never fully <laughs> buy I, I I can I can get down with how systems are used to reinforce a message but. I have there a has to time. there has to be a message first. Yeah, otherwise I feel like it's mm, I don't know, maybe this is too dismissive to say it that way. Cuz you can't have a game where there's, you know, no explicit narrative whatsoever but the systems are telling you everything about uh what the game's trying to say. Um but I feel like this game has an opportunity to have direct <coughs> plot uh dialogue kind of backing up mm-hmm. a message if it wanted to have it. And I don't think it ever does. Um, so it kind of, if you want to have that kind of reading of this game, I think you have to really be down with just saying that because it makes humans act this way mm. through its systems, then the systems mean that. Which, I, if that makes sense, I don't know if I can mm-hmm. buy that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that it's a definitely a generous interpretation that the game maybe doesn't quite even believe in itself. Um, I think it's kind of shooting an arrow and then seeing where it lands and maybe painting a target around it afterward. Correct. Um, I think that the cooperation mechanics in Left 4 Dead are, you know, in service of we're going to make a co-op shooter, not we're going to make a game about... Correct, yeah. We're going to make a game about cooperation in society. Um, Which I don't necessarily think diminishes any game's sort of narrative purpose if, if it was made as a video game first but it also speaks to whatever because as we've all argued over and over again every game is political and any decision that you make when you go into making something no matter how kind of anodyne it might seem um, is weighted by the you know the, the climate in which you're living um, but Left 4 Dead uh, had a point that I was going to make and I've utterly forgotten it well I think if if you take that that approach, and yeah, I yeah. I would, but like I was saying, I think it's a bit thin to yeah. uh, to even if it is, you know, this game never made me feel much of anything. Which, if you no. want to get down to how systems are reinforcing some kind of some kind of thematic purpose or, or making a statement of intent, if you mm. don't, if you just feel cold the entire time, then you know. Mm. I don't know. Especially in such a sort of hot-blooded scenario as a zombie outbreak. Like, yeah, you feel lots of like, things in a zombie outbreak, but cold and disaffected is certainly not one of them. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just me, but the characters are... They're, they're fine, you know? I, I mm-hmm. like them as kind of just uh, hands holding guns. You know, they, they say some fun things, some interesting mm-hmm. things, but uh, I don't feel anything for them, you know? What is it's, it? It's a... It's a kind of inherent comp- contradiction where the game, in, in as much as the way that it plays when you play it on its own, and the game's fans, when they tell you that, oh, yeah, you really ought to play it with other people, you can't then also say that it has good characters. 
because if if you if you need you know real people to come and replace the characters, then how right. can it be having good characters? You know what I mean? If their dialogue is great, then why do I need my human friends? You know, to come and sort of to come and play these characters. You either got great characters, or you've got you know characters who are easily substituted. I do sort of think that the game's structure impedes itself in that sense because it, it's four it's four levels are painted as individual episodes. They're each like their own kind of movie. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And the end of the level signals the end of the movie. And the next the next level or whatever movie, whatever the hell you want to call it, is completely separate from the one that came before it, which just shoots in the foot any chance you had of creating any sort of character empathy or relatability because you know that whatever happens to you this this turn or whatever this level is not going to count the next time you boot it up mm. it, does, it doesn't matter if you die uh, at the extraction point in the airport level because when you go to the uh, hell I can't even remember any of the other levels um, there's like doesn't... a farm after that yeah there, yeah, there is a farm that, the, that was, the farm was my least favorite actually because of that stupid part that happens with the house yeah. You oh. know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> but um, it doesn't matter what happens because it all just resets anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they actually they go to, like when you say that, it makes me think about how they go to uh, decent lengths to stop you from... It it's almost in, feels almost intentional when you look at it that way, that they stop you from uh, wanting to explore this game as a continuous story or having mm-hmm. these characters, you know, you, you start the the episode or whatever, the level, um, and it has the movie poster, right? Right. It's, it's yep. these, these characters are roles, and it'll say... Starring, yeah. Yeah, it'll say for me, you know, Reed as Francis, whatever. Ah, um, oh, you would be, Francis. No, I, I'll have you know that I played each character, each four characters four levels. Actually, there were six levels in mine. So would you say yeah. that you have uh, experienced the entirety of the human experience through Left 4 Dead? <laughs> That's right. Left 4 Dead has taught me so much about the world and myself. <laughs> oh, fuck. I, yeah. I guess something, Reed, you touched on earlier on was um, Left 4 Dead kind of setting up a model for these kinds of games to follow it, you know. Cooperative online games. So you know, I'm thinking of things. Maybe a recent example would be Rainbow Six Siege, which I haven't played. Where you, you know you work in these four people teams. So then again, that's that's four versus four. What else? Are there any kind of cooperative games versus AI? Well, there's like online. there's the Borderlands games that you can play. Right. Yeah. Uh, Wash your then you have like you have like the payday games where you're simultaneously oh. cooperating and competing. Fuck the payday games so much. Well, I think uh, I, I'm just trying to think of stuff recently. Like, there's the Gears of War horde mode, uh, right. which I think is is a good version of this. I, but I think the way I think the the reason horde works is because there is a Gears of War in addition to the horde mode. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, mm. and mm. because the fundamentals of I mean, it's a whole other thing. Shooting guns in Gears of War is is enjoyable. Oh my god, is it ever? You know, I don't even like those games, and the shooting feels good. It feels real good. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then the multiplayer thing with the mo- the monsters versus humans and all sorts of stuff. That's that's been in uh, Evolve, which I thought was actually mm-hmm. quite good. Really? Um, 
Yeah, I was like the only person who reviewed that on the internet who liked it. So <laughs> slash, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I don't know. It was fun. It's the Nazi zombies mode in um, right. Videos. Yeah, that one sucks too. The original I really liked in World at War um, when it was really sort of basic Nazi zombies before they started turning it into a game in of itself and getting fucking like Ray Liotta and Joe Pantiano and Jeff Goldblum to come in and do faces and voices. For well, that that stuff's funny. That's when you boot it up and you look at the character models and you think, yeah, you know, you just have so much money, you might as well, you know, Jesus, just chase your bliss. Activision. I was telling I was telling this to Patrick I think a few weeks ago that in Call of Duty Black Ops the original one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's right. the, the characters in the Nazi zombie <clears throat> mode are JFK, Robert McNamara, Fidel yep. Castro, and, and Richard Nixon. They sure and are. It was, it was about I think it was probably a year or less after Robert McNamara had <laughs> died. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> you sort of. I, I, you have to admire to an extent, to just an, in the way that you, you kind of admire like the ruthless efficiency of like Mao Zedong. <laughs> you have to admire the fucking, wow. the fucking gall. <laughs> just the, you mean, you mean just cold indifference? Yeah, just the utter fucking indifference, like the the enormity of an ego that can just do that and not. For a second, seemingly consider what it actually implicates. Well, wait. Are we going to spend the end of this episode talking about Mao? <laughs> <laughs> talking about Mao. I was going to say about our own interpretations of McNamara and whether or not he's <laughs> he's deserved the respect he's of. A, he's a good guy. Um, but did you say yeah. he seems like a good guy? Bullet know, points. Where, where, Come for the video is. games. <laughs> stay for the geopolitics. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I can see Left 4 Dead. You know, there's sort of the genetics of it in lots of other stuff these days. Um, even down to things like maybe even like Daisy. Perhaps. Mm. Maybe. Um, I think that's a, that's a good point to bring up is the the legacy of Left 4 Dead. Yeah, exactly. Legacy uh, for dead. Legacy for dead. The leg. Legacy for dead. Yeah. I. Cooperative games are such a, a, a kind of something and nothing issue for me at the minute because they're all done over the internet these days, and I, I just it just kind of belies the essence of cooperation for me. I can't cooperate with someone over a fucking headset. Not like. <laughs> No, so no, no. Patrick and I know that very well at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm glad I didn't have to say it. <laughs> no, it's it's true, though. It's not the same as, you know, sitting on a couch with someone and... It's not. Uh, you know? See, you, that's, you can... that's not even the issue for me. I'm not a couch co-op purist or whatever. I just... I don't particularly like online games in general. Yeah. It's it's just not what I pl I'm not saying they're bad. It's just not what I play games for. You know what? In in gen I <laughs> just like right. stopping my own talking. Um, yeah. Like couch co-op is better, I think. But uh, online can be fine. But it's just it stresses me out kind of too. If you're not next to the person, you can't mm. just yeah. say, "I want to press pause to go get a drink." 
or something. Yeah. It's like, yeah, pseudo stressful for me. Yeah. To Same be here. locked in, and plus I don't want to disappoint people who I don't know. You know, I'd rather disappoint the people I know in person. <laughs> I have more practice at that. That's it. I can't just jump on. It hurts hurts way less when my when my best friends insult my mother than it does when a stranger does. Exactly. I can't just jump into a game and sort of like, hey, let's play together. I know like all the adverts and stuff and all the marketing around games is about that. Like, hey, you can meet anyone and just just play together. Yeah, just play. Like every, all the sort of hang-ups and difficulties in human communication will be overcome by the fucking magic of play. But it doesn't work like that. I can't just jump into a co-op online game and start playing alongside someone, even in something as fucking trite and as empty as Journey. Um, oh, fuck. You're just full of this, eh? Well, seriously, though. Do you like Journey? Are we going to talk about Journey now? Do you like Journey? Are you into I, Journey? I, <laughs> I thought we were talking about Boney M. We can't be circling back to Journey right now. What do you guys think about Chicago, by the way? <laughs> don't tell me you like Journey. I don't know. I haven't played it since it came out. I liked it a lot when uh, I played it. Sorry, Ed, that I have a fucking I'm not beating heart in my chest. That you have a... Yeah, I know, yeah. You fucking human. That I, I live and I love. And I feel. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not in I'm not in sort of uh, professional, cold, dispassionate mode today. I'm in, f you know, sweary, fuck's sake mode. Uh-huh. Um, it's very British of you. I, I can't bear Journey. I think Journey's absolute trash. Uh, Journey's in the same classroom as everybody's gone to the rapture uh, can we, let's just do an episode about that at some point there are no guns well, in any of these but it's, just, it's first person it counts we've, yeah there well, we let's go say, let's say we've got five minutes now right <laughs> <laughs> let's let's <clears throat> strip off our shirts and do which, oil which, up. which which one would you want to talk about i don't know i don't want to talk about either this is That's fine halloween is supposed to be scary but this isn't I, what i was I win then I win then. So I, I win then, yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah, 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 I win. You win. win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The host always wins. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, um, it's not... If we're going to talk about Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, I think we've mentioned this before, Patrick has to play it, so... Mm -hmm. uh, well, yeah, true. Yeah. So it is on PC now, so I can do yeah. that. That's right. Oh, man. Um, well, if we're... If we're Halloween, right, so Left 4 Dead, is it scary? No. No, not even a little bit. But I also don't think it's trying to be. No. Don't you? See, that, no. that, that's, that's interesting to me, because I think it is. There are creepy moments. Um, like when you encounter the witch in every level, that's always... Well, I would say that's tense. I wouldn't necessarily call it scary. Right. right. Mm -hmm. um, it, does, it, it does tension actually pretty well. Uh, like with the witches and the hunters and basically any of the, quote, special infected, which, oh my god. Um, but, yeah, I've, I, don't, I have never been scared playing that game. No. It does have good... Um, we, we've talked about this before, the difference between scary and spooky, you know? Yes. Mm. Uh, and I usually... I like a lot of things that are spooky. I have to be in the right mood to want to be... Uh, properly scared, uh, you, but you put it as non-scary horror, like blood. Yeah, 
yeah. and I, and I think Left 4 Dead uh, does a good job of that. It's it feels uh, right to play it at this time of year. It has those sort uh -huh. of tinkly, discordant piano notes and the you know those uh, it's like muted trumpets playing in these like minor scales and stuff. It's it's got that stuff yeah. going on. That's that's nice, and everything is kind of gray and seems kind of damp and cold and yeah. that that stuff is good yeah that's good yeah mm -hmm. I, like, I like the sort of yeah i like the kind of john carpenter-esque kind of music. yeah um and yeah the witch is is a good moment every time i think that's true yeah it's never it's never scared me but like patrick said i don't know if it's trying to be scary i think it is just trying to kind of <sighs> this is you know this is actually another i think conflict in it is it's trying to disorientate you a little bit you know what I mean? Like it's the the director mode, quite patently is it, it randomly places things, it randomly cues yeah. the music, it, yeah. whatever. It's trying to it's trying to disorientate you, uh, but also actually maybe that's maybe that's the point, right? So you know, Reed, you said that to you it feels like this is a game that you don't get skilled at, you just learn it, right? Uh huh. Whereas the the, the director mode seems like a well, director mode, the director feature rather seems like a, an effort to, to prevent that from happening and mm, to, nope. make, you know, to, yeah. to force you to cooperate because it's always different every time so did you ever notice that yourselves did it ever feel like that much different that you had to rethink and, and you know well this is what I approach? would this is what I would say about that really quickly because I guess I didn't really explain that fully enough but it's things like because what it's going to do to try to surprise you or you know catch you on the wrong foot is a horde of zombies are going to run out from somewhere yeah. uh, and so the way to counter that because the the way to kill the zombies is not sharpshooting or anything the guns are just fucking blast away until it's over it's knowing where and I think mm -hmm. these are the same all the time where the the med kits are and where the mm -hmm. grenades are and the ammo stashes um, mm -hmm. and so I think like the most skilled you could be is just knowing the areas where they can run out from and knowing mm -hmm. where items are that you need mm -hmm. which uh, you could make an argument that maybe the people who are most skilled at uh, you know a high skill game uh, competitive like a competitive call of duty or something that's a bad example but uh, they they know the map and they know the layout we'll uh, say starcraft yeah. as an example sure but i think there's more that goes on in that as well. Left 4 Dead is is so the way you get out of an encounter is by hucking numbers at other mm -hmm. numbers. You know, so yeah, exactly. There's going to be seventy to a hundred zombies that are going to run at you, and it's I, I, I never feel like you're doing anything but just kind of just chucking bullets at them until they stop. Yeah, and there is no there's no quote capital T tactical whatever in my experience playing with people, the people who are, quote, the best at the game are the ones who know at the beginning you need to grab the assault rifle instead of the shotgun. Yeah, yeah and that's kind of what I was saying before, too, is, like, the people who who have been really good at it that I've played with will say, okay, go here, this happens now. And, and sure, random things might happen, but they're telling you in what order, you know, there's a gun turret if you go up that ladder. There's, uh, there's a, some ammo in this bedroom in this place. Like, it's... I don't know. You could, you could like go... The, oh, sorry. The, the scariest part of that game for me is always like, oh shit, I hope I'm not the one who's left with the fucking SMG, which is the most useless gun in the game. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I think, the effect, the extent of the skill is mm-hmm. let's collect all the health packs and get all the good guns before my teammates do. Yeah. But I also, like, should say, too, because I don't want it to sound like that saying that people who enjoy that are wrong or something. I don't. I think it's fine to. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with if you like, you know, the atmosphere of this game and kind of what it's giving you. There's nothing wrong with knowing those things inside and out. I just don't find that to be. I don't know. It does. Left 4 Dead like is more of an experience than a game in that sense. Sh- sure. <laughs> there you go. Is it a game? Every uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it? Mm. Is it art? Is Left 4 Dead art? Yeah. Left 4 Dead art. Yep. Yep. Fuck it all. That's it. I think. I think we're done. I think we're done on Left 4 Dead. Well, we've we are. <laughs> we determined that it's an art game. It's an art game. Left 4 Dead is art. Valve are artists. Half-Life 3 is. Good. I tell you what. You know what? Fuck it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's. You know what? That's what we're gonna put for the show notes for this one. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. Follow no, us on Twitter. Because we're talking about because <laughs> we're talking about a Valve game. I want three predictions from each of you for Half-Life Three. Patrick, you first. <coughs> um, Gordon Freeman will continue to not talk. Okay. Um, Alex Vance will sacrifice herself to save Gordon Freeman. Yep. And Half-Life Three will sell twenty zillion copies before launch. Read. Wow. Uh. The, the the robot named Dog will this time be an actual dog. Um, Game of the year. Uh, Gordon Freeman will be a non-playable character who accompanies you the entire game and uh, is constantly somehow he like kind of jogs alongside you and he he uh, <laughs> has his hands down your pants and he's whispering in your ear, "You're the best. You're the best. You're the best." Uh huh. Um, and the G-Man is Alex Vance's husband. <laughs> the G-Man is really Alex Vance. Sorry, that last dimension. one came to me. Uh, yeah, the veil between worlds is thinnest right now, so it, it was transmitted to me. I think the portal gun will be in it. Yeah, um, no, you're probably right, actually. Half-Life Opposing Force will be in it. Yeah. And... Adrian Shepard. It will be... In VR. Long. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be six hours long, but it's gonna feel... Like it's... 16. 16 or 60. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be open world. Um, well, on on that bombshell. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is this the final episode? I feel like if there was is any, this it? yeah. If anyone had any goodwill toward us before this, it's surely I it's gone we, now. I think we should keep this show going until Half Life Three. I think that's our cut off. Yeah. That'll be the last episode. The final episode of the Bullet Points podcast will be Half Life Three. I've said it now. Okay, but um, what if we? Because we were talking before this about what if we got a sponsorship with Dan Aykroyd for his are Crystal you, Skull Are you vodka. just playing us off now? Is that what's happening? Patrick, you became silent for me. 
Yeah, I lost Patrick there. Patrick started speaking and then he went away. Uh uh. So oh, this episode, this episode is a fucking shambles. <laughs> this this episode is so bad that Patrick just fucking hung up on the call and left. Yeah, I'm I'm just gone. <laughs> oh no, he's back. <laughs> he's back now. This episode is this episode is shambolic as a round of Left for Dead. There you go. Yeah, you like that? No, it's not shambolic though, because they run. Oh, okay. It's it's oh sh I don't know. It's like 1 a.m. Right, let's wrap this up. Come on, fuck this now. Um, that was Left for Dead. We we did it. What did you think of it out of ten, Reed? Mm, six, six, six. Patrick. We 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 left for did it. <laughs> I think, Patrick, are you on a delay? Are you now on a delay? I think I might be. Good. Sorry, Good. I'll fix it right. in post. I'll fix it in post. I'm not gonna. I don't think I'm gonna give out the like the website <laughs> and the Patreon <laughs> on this episode because we're gonna lose money if I do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can you can read our articles. We we have a website, bulletpointsmonthly.com, where we cover a single game. Uh, one game per month, four articles by four writers uh, usually, or <laughs> hopefully at some point. Um, we've done Mafia 3, we've done Deus Ex, uh, what was it called this time around? Deus Ex, Mankind Man. Divided, Yep. and Red Dead Redemption. We have more games planned for the future, so that's bulletpointmonthly.com. You can go to bulletpoints forward, no, sorry, patreon.com forward slash bulletpoints is where you can give us money to keep this fucking shit show going. And you can find the rest of our episodes at bulletpointspodcast.com. You can find me on Twitter as Smith at Most Sincerely Ed. Uh, we can find Bleed McCarter at Reed McCarter. That's right. And uh, what was your Halloween name, Patrick? Patrick, cut off your limbs and throw them in the binsy. Yes. That's your actually heart. also my Twitter handle. That is one of his Twitter handles. The other one is at Han Freaking Solo. Correct. So that concludes our month of Halloween games. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope that you weren't too terrified. Um, now, last time, Patrick, uh, on the Alien Isolation episode on which you were not present, Reed and I uh, decided that we were going to end the show from now on with a, with a different feature, and it was to give people a game recommendation. Not something that we've discussed necessarily on the show, uh, just something that we've maybe been playing recently or that we think is relevant to the, the game that we've been talking about. It doesn't matter if it's old or new or whatever. Um, and I quite enjoyed doing that, Reed. Did you? Yeah, yeah, it was all right. Is all right. So, Patrick, <laughs> uh -huh. for people for people who have listened to this episode, or maybe have an interest in Left 4 Dead, or maybe not, because completely off the top of your head, are there any games that you've been playing recently that you'd uh, recommend to our beloved audience of three people? <laughs> what I have been playing recently is Civilization VI, which is about as far from Left 4 Dead and this podcast as it is possible to get. Um, <laughs> However, um, I have also, because it's October and Halloween time, have been playing through Quake just for the hell of it, Ooh. which is always, it's always a good time. Quake is, like, it's not the best game I've ever played, but it's always, it's always a good time. Yeah. It's got something to it. Well, we were discussing these uh, kind of retro-style shooters before we started recording this week, Reed, weren't we? Mm. Uh, yeah. And you've been playing one of those this week. Yeah, but that wasn't the... Yeah, I should say it. I don't know. It's not out yet, though. Thanks. Well, there's the there's a yep. there's a sort of beta version, though, isn't there? 
Uh, yeah, but I don't know if it's publicly available. I ah. I wrote an impression on a game called Dusk uh, that I think is slated for. Uh, I think it'll be. Jesus, I should know this. I think it'll be spring 2017. I'm probably wrong. I'm sorry. Oh, so it's wrong. a ways out still. Yeah, it's a ways out, but it's it's sort of a it's one of those throwback shooters, you know. But it's um, mm-hmm. it's, it's got something to it. I, I wrote an impression like for it on Kill Screen that describes it a little bit better. It seems like the kind of game that might one day get discussed on the show, alongside something like Strafe as well. Um, yeah, it'd be worth talking at we- some point about these games that intentionally try to evoke 90s shooters. I'd, I would love to do like a good, bad, and ugly of Neo retro shooters and just have mm. like good versions, bad versions, and just total catastrophes. Yeah. Mm. That's something worth uh, worth doing. I like the sound of that. Well, um, you, can I... The one I was going to recommend, because I mm. didn't think I had any, but uh, I played through Until Dawn again, which is only on... Ooh the Sony PlayStation 4 entertainment system. Uh, and that's still a really good game. It's such fun, isn't it? It's a good time. And if you... Uh, it's probably not very expensive right now if you have a PlayStation. And Well, this is going to be going up on Halloween night. You can't play I, it all I in think, one night. It's too long. I think it's on the I think it's on the sale. I think it's in the, the Halloween-y, october PlayStation sale. Well, what you should and do is buy it now and then play it next October. I think it's it's a great spectator game is Until Dawn. You want to sit there with someone who hasn't played it and let them kind of call the shots. Mm. Yeah, actually we, we passed, we traded controllers back and forth yeah. this time and it was uh, it's just as fun to watch as it is to play. I Very think. interesting. I, I do love that game. I think it's great. Um, my recommendation for this week Dead End Road which I mentioned to you, Patrick. Uh, yeah. It's a uh, uh, no, sorry, I mentioned to read, but Patrick, you've probably heard of it as well. You drive through the night, uh, and uh, it's like a first-person game with kind of PlayStation 1-style graphics. You drive through the country lanes of rural Britain and are assailed by spirits in your rearview mirror and in front of your car, and you have to try and make it from your grandmother's house back to your own house in the middle of this dark, rainy night. Um, I think it only costs a few dollars. I think I spent something like 6 or $7 on it, and you can get it on Steam as well. Um, any computer will run it. Yeah, Dead End Road, very good horror game. I also enjoy Thumper, uh, as I think a lot of people have been doing um, this past couple of weeks, and you can pick that up on the PS4 as well. A uh, good kind of rhythm violence game. Oh, if if we're recommending two, you know the other one I liked a lot that was also set in rural Britain that had spirits in it is a game <laughs> by the Chinese room called Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Dear Esther. Dear, yeah, I was actually thinking of Dear Esther as a real recommendation. Yeah. Uh, the landmark edition, because it's not like they think highly of themselves or anything like that. Um, They're so, yeah. talking about the lighthouse, which is a landmark in the yeah, game. Yeah, of course they are, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Take that, Ed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Salty bastard. <laughs> that, as if, that is a double entendre. Double. It's true. It, it's... it obviously is. No, okay. Let's, yeah. Let's not. No. <laughs> they're like they're like they're like three rungs down from calling it Dear Esther's Significant Edition. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I just can't abide that kind of fucking self-aggrandizing. Anyway, I I can't abide that self-aggrandizing. That that yeah. I I, I just laughed myself. at that because you're such a prick. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. Exactly. Even though I love you, Ed. 
Mm. It's a bit strong. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm ambivalent towards both of you. If I'm honest. I, mean, I, I can I can I can take or leave this whole project. Uh, and on that bombshell, <laughs> on that bombshell, I would like to say thank you again for listening. Uh, I think we're actually drawing up now to uh, it's it's nearly been a year, if not more, of this podcast. I think we've we have have we, have we shot a past a year? Yeah. Right. Okay. I thought for some reason I had October in my head as as our year anniversary but i think we've been going even longer than that so if you are still listening after all this time we thank you very very much uh and we will do better than <laughs> than this on our next episode it was, it was just a haunted episode that's it right was a haunted episode yeah 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 exactly okay well until next time please do look at bulletpointsmonthly.com and uh share the articles around that helps us a lot if you've got some spare change patreon.com forward slash bullet points we need your money because we are starving to death Okay, well, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again on another episode of Bullet Points.